Welcome to the Toowoomba Chamber of Commerce podcast, our member showcase podcast. Guest host today is me, Jason Doig, on your Future Leaders Advisory Group. And we've got a great guest with us this morning, Catherine Artie from Excavation Equipment. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. So Catherine was our 2019 Future Leader of the Year. Kat, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? your background and excavation equipment. Sure. I really appreciate being here and, of course, being with my future Leader of the Year predecessor, Jason, from 2018. Okay, so my name's Catherine Nardi. I'm the General Manager of Excavation Equipment. So we buy and sell construction machinery, anything from a toolbox right up to a bulldozer. We also have a fleet of road trains and we hold on-site auctions and we do quite a lot of online auctions. So we have a multifaceted plant machinery business. That's about the business, about myself. So I've been with the company since it basically started in 2013, 2012. Business started around our kitchen table. I always tell people we had no, no yard. All we had was a computer. We had a few trucks on hire. It was myself and who was the general manager then, Matt Brennan who is now our key accounts manager and he is my husband. So you'll hear a little bit about Matt here and there. Husband and wife team. Husband and wife team. We try not to be in the same place at the same time because it can be a bit, you know, can't be with the same person 24-7. So it started around our kitchen table and then, you know, we grew and now we're a team of about 25 people and we have a, a real property that we're, ex- we're, we're expanding. So it's, it's been quite a journey and quite a quick journey. So you've gone from an idea around a kitchen table to a fleet of road trains and a team of 25 people in about seven years? Yes, and probably about a stock a stock base of anywhere between 10 and $15 million worth of stock in our yard at any one time. Yes. Wow. Yeah, so it's been really, it's been, when I look back like that, it's amazing and I think it's such an achievement, but then I think, gosh, that was pretty pretty out there dream, but we've really gone through a long journey to get here, so I'm pretty proud of that. Is there one thing that's a secret sauce that's made you guys so successful so quickly? I think it's the uh, hunger and also the ability to diversify very quickly. I think that's in something in both Matt and our strength um, and also to our detriment at times because we like to bounce around all over the place. And so we're both very energetic people with new ideas. So we do need a few structured people working within our business to help both of us streamline exactly what we're doing and execute our ideas. That's great. And we want to get into some of that detail through this podcast. There's a couple of topics we want to cover today. So I thought we'd have a bit of a chat about what your leadership toolkit is, what you really rely on, the experience, the education, the things you've picked up along the way that you just can't live without today. Okay. Um, And then we'll sort of switch to one of the the bigger questions, I suppose, of small business. Why bother? uh, It can be a struggle. And through this COVID-19 pandemic, we can see that it's a real challenge for people. And perhaps for some people uh, like myself sitting in a secure employment position, it's a really uh, pertinent question. So uh, I'd love to get your opinion on that. And then I just wanted to cover some some stuff about what you've had to unlearn in order to get where you are. We all sort of pick things up along the way and there's other things that we have to drop. So just, you know, get, get, a, bit of, uh, get a bit of a take on that. So a little bit about excavation equipment for sure, but also what sort of makes you you and what makes you able to have been so successful these past seven years. So, but first... Something a little bit more topical, the elephant in the room. I'm actually sitting one and a half metres away from a COVID-19 survivor. Yes, that's me. 
I know, pretty special, right? Um, so I do you have a shirt or a mug? No, I no, I need to get one. That's actually a great marketing idea, Jason. Maybe we should get that happening online, unless someone's probably already done that. I'm a survivor. Maybe they have. I have to tell you, I got the test, and I feel like I deserve a shirt or a oh mug yeah, I know the test the is test. the worst bit about it for a lot of us younger people. Um, you know, it's those with underlying conditions that it can be pretty dreadful for. So, but um, yeah, no, I went to a construction expo in Las Vegas, as you do in America. Um, and, you know, it was definitely only for business purposes. And there are about 15 of us who went over. Just felt a bit jet lagged when I came back. Didn't really think much of it. You know, wasn't really buying into the hysteria of, you know, COVID-19 and what well, was Being happening. in Vegas, it would have been a health trip. So there would have been it, no other reason to be yeah, tired. No, no, not at all. No, um, wine was my medicine, you know, champagne, all the <laughs> jazz. So we, um, yeah, came back and we were one of the first planes that, you know, we had to be uh, in quarantine at home, not in a hotel, just at home. So we went for a bit of an outing one day to go and get swabbed at Bailey Henderson after finding out one person in our group was COVID positive. And turns out I was positive and my husband, Matt, was not. So, yeah, really interesting. It didn't affect me badly at all. Um, I just was, you know, quarantined at home, just had one night in hospital, probably didn't need it. Other than that, that's that's really all that it is. So, yeah. So that business strategy you talked about before of keeping a distance from Matt really worked for him in this case, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> Actually, yeah, well, that's right. I suppose it was quite good. Then we were fighting, like, you know, who got what couch space, you know, so it's like, no, who can lay down on that side and, and whatever else. But, yeah, no, it's actually quite interesting that he didn't get it. On a serious side, though. Yes. Obviously, COVID is what we're all talking about right now. Um, it seems normal, but only six, seven weeks ago, I think every one of us was taking everything hour by hour, really weren't sure what was going on. Right at that moment, you found out someone was diagnosed with it and then that you were. Yes. Tell us what that was like for you. So I, there was a bit of, um, I suppose, yeah, there was a little bit of panic. I wouldn't have taken myself to hospital if they, you know, if the health guys didn't say, look, you, you know, if you've got shortness of breath, if you have this or that, you know, you go, well, I better not play around with this. So you do take it quite seriously. Uh, so, but for me, it was sort of, I'm not grateful to have COVID in any way, shape or form, especially because I would would hate to have the thought of passing it on to someone else. But I appreciate that it wasn't as bad as the media. It wasn't as bad for me as the media was playing it out to be. However, then Matt Brennan, uh, he went into an absolute diabolical state. He was really fretting because he's seen these types of, you know, economic issues such as the recession, the the Celtic Tiger, he's an Irishman. So he really thought that this was going to be the beginning of a major, major recession straight away across the world. So I was probably, normally I'm the one that's a bit panicky and, you know, not as not as laid back as he is. Uh, so that's that's the good balance, I suppose, between the two of us. You know, that we're not both high anxiety at the same time. That we would balance each other out. So we've so sort of like um, talking each other out of a out of a corner when these things happen. So, however, how we've come through COVID and the pandemic as we keep going, EXEQ. Um, we're essential. We're an essential business because of the fleet of trucks um, and we also service the mining industries which weren't shut down. So a lot of my job, even though I was quarantined at home, was actually managing the panic of the staff at work, you know, sharing my experience. Um, I'm a very open book and I think saying, yeah, look, I got I got the corona, got the rona as we call it, <laughs> got the rona and, you know, telling them about it, how, how I was feeling. But then 
to help them manage one person, that's you, you're almost counselling one family because they're they're scared to get it. They're worried about if the adults in the home both get corona, what are, what's going to happen with the children if they don't get it? You know, so a lot of my job was talking to people saying, look, until we say, you know, of a morning, don't come to work, it's business as usual, you know, and we did our COVID plans up. I um, have to give a shout out to Enterprise Legal because they had some great resources that really helped us do up our COVID plans um, and also trying to source this magical isopropyl. Is that how you say it? Isopropyl? Just, you know, your hand sanitizer, it's got to be 70 odd percent and all this. Um, and so Dove Hygienic actually hooked me up and we got the last few bottles of that. So I was able to get it all into all of our trucks onto our forklifts, which are shared spaces and in, into our staff's hands. It was just being sensible about it, I think. You know, everyone, just be sensible, calm down, it's okay. No one's jobs are at risk. That's the idea I went in with is that this is the time that as a business owner and a manager and a leader, you have to knuckle down and you really have to go, right, well, if this does get bad, what expenses can I cut because I don't want to lose, I don't want a man down. Marine style, no one, no one's down. So I think that was that idea that mentality of you know where we could cut costs just for a few weeks until the job keeper was announced which I actually think everyone just had a sigh of relief then however we don't qualify for it but I think then it, at least it, it reinforced what I said to my staff that no we're not going to let you go then the government released the job keeper so they're like oh okay well maybe that's what's going to happen. It was more about these people that depend on their job and depend on your business Absolutely. having that sense of security in a time when the media was screaming at them and everything around them was uncertain. Oh, the uncertainty was frightening. It really was. And and I think you have a responsibility to your staff. You have to answer to your staff in times like this because they're looking to you for advice. That was the most important thing for me. A lot of my staff handled it well. Some were a bit stressed, and and rightly so. You know, they're really concerned about the well-being of their family, you know, financial and health-wise. So it's, I think, it's a responsibility that it was. I'm, I'm grateful to have to them for my staff. It's been a tough period, and I think it's been a tough period for everybody dealing with really similar issues, uncertainty you know, an extremely jittery team and everything that you, you've mentioned is, has been my experience as well. And I know it's been the experience of a lot of chamber members. And another great resource that's that's been out there um, has been the work that's been done by Focus HR through that period as well. I think a lot of people will appreciate the work that's been done there. They did an excellent job. I hopped on a lot of their Zoom meetings and it was really excellent. It was totally varied as well. And, you know, making the most of this time right now that, you know, where some businesses did really slow down, you know, how do we manage, can we look at doing different things like, right, can we redo our manuals? Can we redo all of our processes and procedures? All those things that we sort of go, oh, we'll just pop that off to the side. It's stuff that we can do now so we can still be resourceful and be contributing to the community at this time, you know, if people weren't actively at their normal job. So no, Focus HR did a great job. We're super lucky to have some oh, some great, great members yeah. to, to help us out. So that's been that's been really good. So look, as I said, it's been a tough time and, and you've really had to, to step up and lead your business alongside Matt and you've had your own uncertainties to deal with. I have to say, I, I, I think me and Matt should talk because uh, <laughs> I, I think he's picked it. The, the uncertainty economically going forward is mm-hmm. still there. We, we sort of fallen into a new normal, but I don't know how normal anything is right now. Yes. I'm sure you agree. Look, we're going to need leadership skills. I want to know 
you've had a hell of a seven years building this business and now COVID. What, what's your leadership toolkit? So what we're talking about here is, is what are the skills or experiences that you just can't get by without today? How much of them come from your formal education? How much of them come from your experience? And tell us a little bit about where you've come from to, to give you this unique skill set that, that really has a huge influence on excavation equipment. Yeah, sure. So I, you know, had grand plans of doing science and, you know, all of that. And so uni, all that jazz. Also really like to perform at the Repertory Theatre downtown. So I do like that aspect. But I sort of fell into banking when I was 21 and I became a business banker. I don't know how I fluked getting such a great job at such a young age. But I was with the Commonwealth Bank for about seven years as well until I transitioned into excavation equipment. So I learned a lot from the way CBA did a lot of great things with their management team. And I actually think that it wasn't just that it was the it was the leaders that I had, that I could look to them and go, right, there's a really powerful woman and she's not afraid to be direct. She's, you know, she's she was Donna Dolby is her name. She's excellent. She's uh, with Bank West now. Um, and also some of the other leaders, you know, male leaders who led softly could see that there's a balance between having to be firm, but also that emotional intelligence I think is really important. Then I suppose then landing into the business with, with Matt, it was an accident. He was invoicing things by hand and I was looking at him going, what are you doing? Um, but he has a real knack with people and putting deals together and finding the right gear for people's projects and, and all of that jazz. He's really talented that way. Then when we became a little bit bigger and we had a yard, we realised that uh, he would transition across from general manager over to key accounts manager and I would step into the general manager position to handle the staff. A lot of that is where I suppose I felt like I had to step up. I also got very excited by that challenge. I thought, wow, this is cool, you know, I can lead the way. And, you know, in Toowoomba was, you know, such a great place to live and work. We still have some of the country guys, men, who will come in, oh, I want to speak to the boss. Yes, that's me. No, no, where's um, where's the man? Yeah. No, 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 That's you can talk to me You can, or you can talk to Matt or someone else, you know, but um, they're still going to refer you back to me. Say yes to local support small business. Chambers Top Tips. Buy from your local shops, cafes and restaurants to keep locals in jobs. Ask your local store if they can deliver to your door. Pay with plastic when possible, not cash. Stock up on gift certificates for later. Post about your visit on social media and share their posts. Check in with small business owners and employees. Look for local retailers with an online platform or help a local shop develop one. And most importantly, be kind, support each other and look out for one another. Let's keep it local to Woomba. I mean, business banking to yellow gear, big machines, that yes. sort of thing, is a massive transition. Um, you know, you might say high heels to high vis. It know. is. <laughs> that's um, actually great. I like you know, that. that. That's what are, the, what are the things that you had to really go, whoa, hang on, I've got to adapt this. You know, you talk about staff management. It's one thing learning staff management from, you know, the big business environment, a yes. corporate office environment. Um, to getting out on a you know hard stand yard and 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 barking at blokes to to do what needs to be done. So tell us a little bit about that transition. Yeah, so that was a little bit difficult because you know um, in a corporate space you've got to be very careful about what you say. Then if you, you go into a space, especially with men who are not used to having manners with each other, you go you come and go whoa 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 what's happening here? But that's just how they're communicating. But it's really not the way forward of, of you know there has to be a happy medium. So I suppose it was me learning how to communicate, you know, more direct in, in their language as well. And then also learning 
you know, just to come down and be a little bit nicer in the way that they communicate. But I suppose with leadership, it's a really transferable skill. So you can be a leader in one place and then if you transition and go, say if I went over into it or yourself, if you went into a a medical field after being um, in waste, you know, you have a skill set where you're leading people who have maybe the skills you don't have and it's a bit of you learn from each other. And I I just think it's a, a total evolution of you're always learning something, vice versa. You know, the way I view business that we're all on the same playing field. We're all, no one is, there's no hierarchy. It's, you know, we're all here to support each other. Because if I ask them to do something for me and I don't do something for them, it just breaks down. It does, yeah. And that's why we have people in this skilled area that, you know, we sort of overlap, you know, so, so we can all help each other's jobs set out, or well, the majority of, of us. But everyone has their own skill set that they can feel really comfortable and passionate about to excel on their own. I couldn't agree more with you from, about learning from each other. I mean, yeah. when I got here, I couldn't drive a truck and didn't know the first thing about trucks. And, you know, here I am running a trucking business effectively. So, um, no, totally with you there. My employees sort of make me what I am in a lot of ways. Look, what's your formal education? So I, uh, so science, uh, went to uni, did science. Then I did a postgraduate diploma in strategic leadership and I'm going through my MBA at the moment. And I will say this though, structured education, even though I loved it, it just was too slow and it got boring for me. So this is where I sort of enjoy business and, you know, pivoting and diversifying, especially in these unknown environments, you know. So we went, when we first started, we had, you know, a fleet of, of trucks that were on hire, dry hire water, water carts, and then, you know, everything just stopped. There was no more fracking and all of the contracts ceased. We pivoted very quickly to sell a lot of those assets quick. So we went into more of a buying and selling business rather than hire. So that was one one area that really was a strength to us. And I think that that's going to continue forward. So going back to you know studying and I can find it a bit boring, at least the MBA allows me to uh, focus it on the business and I can actually, it's, it's like a case study on the business. It gets me thinking and I get to speak to other people who, you know, have a have a business maybe very similar or they're in leadership, it, that helps me learn. It's also having conversations with the likes of you and the, the chamber guys and future leaders, you know, because everyone is a resource, you know. You just have to pick and choose what you want um, to take on and maybe there are things that you've never thought about and people will talk about in here. I've got to do that. I've got to make time for that. But the one thing that I really believe that you can't replicate, you cannot replace is experience. And I'd never wish anyone to get hurt or anything like that. But workplace health and safety has become part of my job, a lot of my job, protecting the staff and, you know, changing that she'll be right attitude. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, she'll be right. I don't need this ticket for this forklift. No, no, you do. You can't touch that until you have your ticket, you know. So I think the experience of going through that and, you know, working with, you know, the Queensland Government, workplace health and safety, all of that has been a real experience and an eye-opener, you know, touch wood, we've been very lucky. It's funny how common the story is, though, that most people will say, you know, I rely almost exclusively on experience and I value experience. And they might have varying things to say about formal education. But, you know, you start with some sort of education and so many people end up so far away from the degree they first studied or the diploma they first undertook or whatever the case is. Do you use anything that you learned from uni, do you think? Or do you think the process of learning was the biggest takeaway? I think it was the studying of the of the lecturers. 
of the teachers of you know looking at people's dynamics in the room when I was younger online learning is is a lot different I picked up some fancy words I suppose along the way and I suppose it has helped but it's nothing that I really remember it's nothing I go back to I go back to the people and you know studying them and what I think works well and what I appreciated being a staff member myself and then how do you treat someone when you need to talk to them about something serious maybe they're they're not performing or they've done something that they shouldn't have that could result in harm you know how do you how do you approach that in a nice way, in a firm way, in a caring way. And you only learn this stuff from experience, from doing it, from probably stuffing it up a few times, all of that sort of thing. And I think like going back to, you said, you said you're doing an MBA. Um, So like, you know, formal education is a constant part of your life by the sounds of it. But I wonder if you agree that going into education, coming from a place of experience in the workforce and experience in business you see everything through the prism of experience and you apply all your assessment and your assignments and all the things that you learn to your life and your business and your real world. And there's so much more to it. There's so much more meat on the bones. Oh, it's attractive then to study. It's like, yeah, I actually do want to have a look at that because that's an area of my business I haven't looked at. And a lot of people may say, well, in small business, do you really need to have all these tools? Why not? What can it hurt? You take and apply the things that you learn along the way and leave the things that you don't need behind. At least you can join a conversation when someone starts talking about the macro environment. Look, it's a good lead into something I wanted to talk to you about that I flagged in the introduction, and and that's just talking about unlearning, right? So whether it's through your science degree early on or through your earlier career in banking, there are things that you learn. There are habits that you pick up that you rely on in those worlds, but in order to run excavation equipment as successfully as as, as you have, I'm sure there's things that you've had to drop and things you've had to say, actually, this is a hindrance. Can you think of an example of that? Gosh, so many. Definitely, and it probably applies to, you know, this could be marriage advice as well, I suppose. It's um, pick your battles. Get your notepads out, listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Pick your battles. That's what everyone says. Um, I think at the start I was like boxing gloves were on, come at me, let's do this. You've you've got something to say, let's do it, let's, you know, let's roll. And then I realised what that was doing to me, it was wearing me out. And it took away some of the power behind my words and what I, or the message I was trying to convey to people and Matt, my husband, you know, because I was just, that's just the tone I was running at. I was running it high and I was becoming exhausted. So the idea is just to pick your battles. Also look at the way I'm speaking introspectively because I realised that I was brought up in a very loud household and some people don't agree or they think I'm yelling at them. I'm actually talking. So um, it's just having a look and trying to, uh, how do I communicate better? Because I think it's it's that communication is just, is the key, is the number one. The other thing, got to unlearn, Jeff, this is like, you should charge me for this. This is great. Becoming less anxious. I suppose that that was a key thing. It's like, it's okay. Things are going to be okay. There are good times and there are bad times. Neither of them last. So... You know, right now, oh, there's a bit, it's really stressful. But until you know stress when some someone's been hurt and they're in intensive care, that's what a real stress is. A real stress is not getting the information in for the report that needs to be done by one o'clock. Like that is important, but that's not as important as someone's life. So, you know, that's, I think that's the, that's the only thing that you can, you can only learn that from experience. You can't go, oh, just, just, why don't you just calm your farm? Whoever gets calm after that. Do you ever say that to your wife? 
calm your farm. I said it once. And uh, yeah, that's exactly right. And then did she get angry? Oh. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, she'll listen to this, and and it's and it's and it's interesting because. I also come from a house where everyone yells at each other and it's there's nothing to it. It's That's just how we learn. It's how we express ourselves. It's how we experiment with thoughts and extroverts are all guilty of this. But, yeah, then you go into the world and encounter introverted people and they are just so taken aback. And, of course, I take positions on things and people think that I'm committed to it and it's like, no, I'm just experimenting with that idea, but I don't really convey that very well. I've had to learn how to temper myself. Yes. Um, and I'm sure she'll agree when she hears. <laughs> no, look, that, that, that's a really good chat. Um, look, we're, we're getting a little low on time, so I want to sure. get to, to the sort of big hitting question. Yeah. Now, small businesses, I think most people at Chamber of Commerce would agree, uh, a survival game. And oftentimes that survival game is against forces totally outside of your control. So things that come to mind easily, the business cycle, mm-hmm. whatever industry you happen to be in, bad debts. Um, unreliable suppliers, regulation, competition, and now, of course, a pandemic shutdown. Um, yes. Who could have foreseen? And it's all with your own money, often your house or your mum and dad's house or whatever the case is on the line. What's the reward for you uh, specifically, maybe for you and Matt? And, you know, what's the vision that justifies the fight? Great question. Multifaceted answer, I suppose. So you just do. I think you just go, right, no, I want to do this for myself. You know, even though I say we're a team with no hierarchy, you go, right, I want to do this. And it's like, yeah, you know, when you think about it, it's like, oh, this is exciting. This is going to be so much easier than working for someone. It's not. It's just a different type of pressure. So we... Well, you still work for your customers. Well, you do, you? Yeah, and I work for my staff. So it is, it's still, it's still the same, just different, if that makes sense. But I suppose... And this sounds so cliche and, you know, Australian Idol, it's the journey. You That's know? right. We could sit it on because, a pillow yeah, and we'll sell the pillows. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm coming up with all these great e-commerce ideas. Maybe that would be the next next avenue. No, I think it's really about looking It's looking back and going, wow, we did that really well, we did that bad, or look how we grew or look what we lost. And it's I think it's that looking back a little bit and then fixing things for the future. So then, you know, you don't go into business not to make a profit. Of course, we like to make money. We like to spend money. We like to really give back to our community because I can tell you that, you know, I probably made every mistake that there was in the book growing up, you know, like, you know, teenager, absolute brat, but just didn't get my shiz together until I was about, you know, 21, I'd say, you know, so CBA was really good for me, good structure and all that jazz. So we love giving back to our community, whether it's, you know, through sponsoring sports people that are young, that really need the money so they can focus on their athleticism to Beyond Blue. We actually lost a staff member who was my brother-in-law to suicide. Um, He was our 2IC workshop manager in 2017. So that really affected us as a whole team and, you know, we had to come together, get counselling all together and, you know, you know, to this day we still have, you know, Josh Blake Day and he'll never, his memory will live on. He will never be completely dead to us. So that was a really poignant moment especially for our business. So when we look back on things, you know, I wish I could bring him back. But you go, thank goodness we did those things then and, like, we're, we're doing something that's creating a legacy, you know, so something that our staff members can be proud of, our customers can go, oh, that's nice that they're doing that in the community, you know, even just the little tiny things I think make a difference. So that's the real why. And it becomes your life. 
It is. It's a lifestyle. Owning a business is a lifestyle choice because, you know, there is no holiday. The only time I ever say that I'm on holiday is when I'm on a plane with no Wi-Fi. That's it. You, that's the sacrifice that you, that you give up, but it's one that we're pretty happy that we've made. Absolutely. So, so tell me what most tests your resolve. What is it, there must be something that some days you go, oh, a cushy job with a nice salary and no worries would be good. Oh, I think if everyone needs me all at once, that's when I can become overwhelmed. It's like, ah, one at a time, you know. But then, you know, I have to just go, right, well, I'm just feeling overwhelmed. It's really got nothing to do with them. It's me. So just calm down. Calm my farm. I can say it about myself. Calm my farm. And, you know, just just get through it bit by bit. Try and get through the things that I need to. Um, but just remember that people require me and they require me to be on the phone or text or email or, you know, on our teamwork chat, you know, that sort of thing. So I have to be available. It's funny how many people say that it's not necessarily the size of the problem that breaks them, it's the number of yes. problems or the, yeah. the volume of stuff yeah. coming their way. And I think management is a lot of times it's putting minor fires out, get the extinguisher, oh, no, this, this is okay, or people come with a problem. And a lot of times it's – and it is about communication. Sometimes their problems are about communication, so you're learning through talking with them about it. Day to day, what most reassures you that excavation equipment is is right where you want to be? Well, it's not. You know, in two thousand and twenty-five, I always said we're going to be a hundred million dollar business. So, you know, we, you know, the aim is that we're not satisfied. We want to keep growing and we want to keep evolving. There's always things we can do better. But one thing that I am really proud of is is the staff. They really come together to do things that I go, wow, they've just executed something or done a deal or, or, you know, looked after each other and I've gone, wow, that is so impressive and I can just stand back and watch. We have a really low sick rate. Like the, the we don't have, you know, they, I think they want to come to work. You know, everyone, it's repetitive. It can, can be mundane like any job. Anything, you know, is repetitive, especially in business it can be. Sure, they call it work for a reason. That's right. right. But, you know, as long as we come to work and have a good time the majority of the time, um, that's that's great. I think that's what's important. So I think, you know, feeling like I'm like, I won't say proud mama, but a proud family member, I would say. Yeah, because we're one big family. So where to next for excavation equipment? You've got, you just put a big goal on the line there in five years time. Is it, is it taking the brand beyond where we are in Toowoomba and, and getting out into the rest of the country? Where are we going? Well, we sort of do have some holding yards all around, yep. but, you know, Toowoomba will always be our home. We've got 30 acres in town, so... This is our this is our base, our headquarters. Um, I'm definitely not moving anywhere else. But you know, we we've held auctions um, in New Zealand, so you know we're all around. But I think it's more about you know whatever we've got to do. We'll probably have to diversify next year. We don't we don't know what that's going to look like. But I think a lot of and we've seen this happen through this pandemic. Online is the way to go. Even though we're dealing in machinery, heavy machinery, you know, I think online is is so powerful. So that e-commerce package, definitely I think we'll be going down that route a lot more. And also and on-site auctions and, and timed auctions, that sort of thing, absolutely. I think more bulk, bulk wholesale sales where it's distribute, distributed out that way. I know when I did a business plan, so coming from a, the bank and I did, you know, a business plan because that's I knew that's what the bank would want when I was asking them for, you know, a $50,000 overdraft. Yeah, sure. I did that and I threw this huge goal out and I said, you know, well, by 2020, we're going to turn over $30 million. 
Matt was like, why are you writing stuff like that? And I'm like, I don't know. They want to see that we've got goals and we've got dreams, you know, and da 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 But we did it in 2018. So I feel like there's there's value in your words and you don't know maybe how you're going to get there and that's where Matt and I are really good. We're sort of like, oh, we can, you know, spiral around and try to get there. Again, that's why we need organised and detailed staff members because we're definitely not. Yeah, so I think it's about putting that goal out there and saying, you know, that's that's the goal. How do we get there? Is that process, have you formalised that in any way? Have you revisited the idea of a business plan for your $100 million goal or is it a is it a loose goal that you guys talk about? A bit of both, I'd say. And this is where I'd say to people, especially listeners, you know, really look at the awards, you know, the, the Future Leader Awards and the Toowoomba Chamber of Commerce Business Awards because this is the time when it actually forces you to look at your business model and look at your business plan and look at your why and the how. So that's where you can formalise it and put it down on paper, even if that's only once or twice a year. And then at least you've sort of put it down. You've still put it out there. So you just sort of find the way through it. Yeah, we've got ideas and we've got, you know, contracts we have to fulfil over the next 18 months, things like that. But um, nothing's out of the question. We did a submission for the Business Excellence Awards in 2017 for for JJ Richards and the process was pretty rigorous. It's a very extensive application. But you know what? That application doubles as as a business plan Absolutely. for the next little while. And it went into quite a bit of detail. So we we had goals a lot like yours and we broke them down into how we might actually get there. And hey, guess what? We've achieved most of that stuff and we've exceeded most of that stuff. And and it is actually a really good opportunity to put it on paper and it's amazing what happens once you write it down. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a it's a team effort. Like, you know, as in, you know, senior management or just management, you know, you look at it and you go, you get people's input. But I think once people understand and they've sort of said it and you set that expectation and you get excited about it, I think it's contagious. And then you go in October and sit down in a room full of people with the same energy, yeah. the same ambition in a city that punches way above its weight. Yeah. Uh, and that's the value of well, the Business Excellence Awards but also Chamber of Commerce more broadly. Yeah, absolutely. It's been wonderful for our business and, again, you know, a lot of people, why do you do that? Why do you do As if it's an ego trip and it's not because this is the one, a, a one way, number one, we can look at the business plan and the business where you can reflect look to pivot things around, trying to be Ross from Friends there, sorry, and um, pivot and um, and then also get someone external into the business to to really tell the staff, yes, you are doing a good job, so it's not just me. It's someone else external who have gone, yeah, you know what, as a business, you guys are rocking. Oh, and also find out who else is really kicking ass. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's great. Like really believe in your competitors. Believe in them because, you know, there's enough business to go around. And especially in this region, we're sort of isolated a little bit. Like we're, there's a buffer in here in, on the Darling Downs that, you know, we're just – I just feel like we're going to come through this pandemic really well. I know I'm probably the positive, uh, you know, voice of reason in this situation, but I really feel positive that we're going to come through this and we're going to smash it. Well, I think if there's any part of the world that's going to come through it well, it's going to be here. And a big part of that is because the community, the business community through Chamber of Commerce – um, is really strong. And it's also just because there's a general culture in Toowoomba of winning. People talk about corporate cultures of winning and, and business cultures of winning. I really think that we have a somehow stumbled across a, a community culture of winning here and, and we benefit from that. It's definitely a community and it's a really great community to be a part of as a as a business person, but also just as a as a citizen. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Kat, for, for joining us for the podcast. Thank you. A little bit of a plug for excavation equipment. Oh, just head on to exeq.com.au. You can have a look at our story, have a look at some products for sale. 
and also find our contact details there. And if you listeners have enjoyed this podcast, get in touch with future leaders, get involved with future leaders. The best way to do that is through our Facebook page. We're trying to be a bit more regular with the posts on there, but please engage with us, ask us questions. Um, You can get in touch with any of the Future Leader Advisory Group members through the Facebook page. We'll all see your post there. Uh, And we really, really look forward to a time when we can have a few drinks and a few bites together again and get back to the networking that we all love. But until then, it'll be podcasts and Facebook posts. Mm -hmm.